0: From Blue Wire Studios today, so you're ready for the August premiere.
1: All right, today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Wire, your online wagering experts, and DoDash FM. We have on Reheal Remsenally, contributor to ABC 13, who's been a real mentor to me over the years, helped me get my foot in the door of this business. Uh, you may recognize him from 1560 The Game and ESPN 97.5 Houston more recently. Uh, And this was a real fun conversation. We get really into the nitty-gritty of the Rockets, his Rocket skepticism. He's been a Rocket skeptic his whole life, I would say, or probably more correctly, the last four years. And we get really into why that skepticism exists. And I hope you guys enjoy the conversation.
0: Blue Liar. Russell Westbrook is off to Houston. It's going to be scary. Not for us. (laughs) Los Angeles and Westbrook is on the
1: freeway. All right, we are back. Joined by Raheer Ramzanali, contributor to ABC 13. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing all right. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So I was listening back to the old episodes of this podcast that aren't publicly available because I removed them all because I was terrible. And <laughs> I found an episode from November of 2015. That's almost five years ago now. That was the last time you were on this podcast. So first of all, did you know you were the first guest on this podcast?
0: Yeah, I remember doing that interview in my garage at night because (laughs) uh, you guys recorded at night back then, right? Yeah. Um, So I was in my car garage, and um, also my daughter was just born. So she was really young. So my wife was kind of upset. She's like, you can't talk in the house while she's sleeping. So I had to go in my garage, go in my car, and that was the soundproof studio that I used for your first interview. And man, this podcast has come a long way and so have you. So I'm proud of everything you've done.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not sure about the the latter part of your theme. But it, the, <laughs> the, it was definitely a janky audio setup. And I remember I was using Apple earbuds at the time. I was super nervous. I never interviewed somebody before. So that was new. It's like... I think you were the first person to tell me to do a podcast because I remember I did not want to do one. Like I remember being like, I'm a blogger. Nobody wants to listen to me talk, and I was super nervous. I didn't want to talk, and I still don't like talking, but over the years, you've tried to convince me to do a bunch of things I don't want to do, and this is like one of the rare times I actually listen to you.
0: See? There you go because I'm trying to make you better at your craft. That's why. When you were my intern at ESPN Houston... Uh, I made you do a lot of uncomfortable things because that's the whole point of this, right, is to leave your comfort zone. Because if you're in your comfort zone the whole time, you're not going to think a certain way. You're only going to think in your comfort zone, right? So you have to experiment. You have to start talking out loud and getting some of these thoughts. Then that translates into your writing as well. So uh, that's been the whole plan with you. And I mean, you and I have had so many arguments and debates Uh, regarding everything but basketball in person. So it's only right that we do it on a podcast and talk some hoops.
1: Exactly. I mean, and I completely agree with your advice about getting out of your comfort zone now, but in hindsight, I did not agree with it. Like it was in the the moment. (laughs) I was just like, I, I, this is what I do. I do this one select thing and and I'm going to continue doing that. But now I I completely agree. I think everybody should start a podcast. Absolutely. It's one of those things where if you want to get reps in, especially if you're, I mean, you're going to have to do radio hits at some point and you got to get used to being comfortable talking to people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad so many other, um, you know, South Asians are starting their own podcast. You know, that's what it's about is uh, do it because we need more people that look like you, more people that look like me covering the sports, covering other things, politics, entertainment, whatever it may be. And you have to start somewhere because you can't just go up to a place and go, hey, I want to do a podcast or I want to be part of your radio station or TV station. Uh, They're going to say, well, what's your experience? And well, these podcasts that everyone's starting and right now is a perfect time because there's a lot of downtime for people. This is where you get your reps. Like you mentioned, this is how you get better, right? Nobody's just going to walk into the NBA and go, Hey, I'm ready to play. No, you've got to, you've got to get reps in. You've got to understand little things. And one day you work your way up to something bigger and better.
1: Although I'll say this, if you're just a public figure and you're bored at home and you really have nothing to do, please don't start a podcast. If you don't have anything to say of substance, I don't want to hear you. Like, it's very clearly a cash grab.
0: Okay, so who, who do you hate? Because this is the second time you brought this up with me. Who is it? You got to throw the shade correctly, okay? Come on, who is it? Give me a name. Okay,
1: so like you see all these YouTube you, these YouTube celebrities, right? And, and they're just randomly popping up out of nowhere and these they're starting these podcasts and they're not interesting at all. Like like I enjoy watching them on YouTube, I enjoy watching them on TikTok or whatever the hell they do, <laughs> but w- once they try translating that to podcast, that it doesn't work. It does it's not it doesn't work for everybody.
0: Yeah, podcast is hard, man, because you're talking for hours, right? Um, if you're doing it, if you're doing a long form podcast, if you're doing a storytelling podcast, you got to edit, you got to do some research. And a lot of people don't like that. Um, you know, so I I like that people are trying it and if they're not good at it, you know, the, the audience will decide that it frankly comes down to that. If they're not good at it, then their audience will eventually stop listening. But you're right they're You know, they're trying to get some cash. Everyone is man.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, if if you want to try it, go ahead. I mean, you're ultimately right in that the cream will rise to the top in the end. So wait, hold on.
0: Which celebrity do you want to listen to? Like, is there a celebrity out there for you that you wish they had a podcast and they don't right now?
1: Well, if you're opining your opinion in some way already, I think it's mm-hmm. natural to go into a podcast. But if you're yeah. just like if you're just famous for doing, like, if you're like a dancer or something, right? Like if if you're not doing something that like requires you to get to talk or or give your opinion like that that, that to me is like it, it's just such an uncomfortable transition maybe you'll get better at it right like after a yeah. few, after a few podcasts maybe you'll get better at it but if you're just going out there on a limb because you see everybody starting a podcast that's where it's like okay like at least like before you start the podcast, have a rundown, have things you want to talk about, and then start the podcast. Don't just start the podcast with a buddy of yours and be like, you know what, let's, let's, let's just talk for an hour and see if it ends up good. Like that, 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 to me, is where it ends up bad.
0: Okay, with that being said, is there a, is there a celebrity whose podcast you would listen to? Because I think you would take Vin Diesel, right? Because you're a big Fast and the Furious guy.
1: Oh my, I, I would love to listen to The Rock see? talk for like an hour. Okay. Like, the
0: th- Rock would be a great one.
1: Yes because the rock in general is just an interesting dude right like he has a yeah. lot of things going for him and you can talk you can tell that man has a lot of things to talk about for at least like two or three hours if you really wanted to like there was this thing i I watched a video of him on YouTube I think he was talking to the Lakers and he was giving this motivational speech for like half an hour. I was glued. I was like, I, I don't. I, he, he was talking about how he only had like seven dollars in his in his pocket when he came to L.A. or something like that, and like he started this whole seven bucks production studio and stuff, and like whatever the hell he was talking about. Like I was in for that thirty minute video, and I could hear that for. I could definitely see him starting a podcast.
0: Okay, see, I would love a podcast with ball boys from the NBA and equipment managers because they have the best stories yeah like i man uh, like when i was covering the team on a daily basis i became really good friends with one of the equipment managers who managed the uh visiting clubhouse or the locker room excuse me uh will Uh, i don't know if you remember him or not but he is awesome like he would just tell me stories about opposing teams and what they thought of the rockets because he would be in there while they're game you know while they're game planning and whatnot so uh i would love to hear a podcast While they're not a celebrity, but I think those people that are around the NBA, man, they would have the best stories.
1: Can I top you one? Yeah. So the security guards that are in the arena, like next to the locker room, those guys Mm. have seen some because they're not just there for the NBA. They're they're there for like every live event that's in that arena. Like, so WrestleMania, concerts, they've seen some things that the public have not, they don't have any idea what's going on. And I would love to hear, like, my guy Bill. I would love to hear him on a podcast for like an hour.
0: Absolutely. Those those people have the best stories.
1: For sure. Um, so before we get to the Rockets, can I ask you an Astros question?
0: sure go for it
1: so is it wrong that for the past three years I've only casually followed the Astros like I didn't watch them during the season I didn't I only watch their big playoff games but not all of them but now that everybody hates them for that cheating scandal I'm all in like I'm actively keeping track of the team now I follow a bunch of the reporters on Twitter I try to watch as many games as I can because I have a short attention span I can't watch all the games is it wrong to jump on the Astros bandwagon now
0: no it's not uh you know, people got upset in 2017 when the Astros uh, went on that run and won the World Series, and they weren't happy, right? Like, uh, And I dealt with this, right, because I was doing the radio show back then. I would get calls about this. And I'm very pro-bandwagon. Like, the more fans, the better, right? Who cares if you were watching all the 100 lost seasons and you went through the ups and downs. Like, that's your fault, right? Like, n- n- not my fault that you have – nothing else going on in your life that you watched a hundred lost team and i would say this and people got so upset about that well that's a little bit i i understand you know, I, i'm getting angry okay. about it okay so think about the years when the astros were not good right because they they got good in 2015 and they pushed the kansas city to uh game five and that was fun and all that but before then this is 2014 13 12 they were really bad like they were really bad right they were tanking so yeah yeah they were tanking like clearly they wanted to be bad they were so bad the best story to come out those three years was a snow cone vendor putting his snow cones down in the bathroom and that was the (laughs) biggest story like these are facts right and this isn't this isn't 2001 this isn't when i was in high school okay this is when netflix was around this is when you could download shows you could listen to any song ever created And people still were like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch a really bad team. That's on them. okay? like I'm with you. I don't I, I think baseball is the most boring regular season out there. Like to me, it's not intriguing. It's not fun. I haven't found anybody and I work in sports. So do you ask people that cover sports. When was the last time you watched a team or watched a baseball game that didn't have your teams involved? Nobody can, nobody can give me a, t- like an answer, right? Like you and I will, we can watch Mavericks Lakers on a Tuesday night and be entertained. I'm not watching pirates against the reds on a Tuesday night. Like, no, thank you. I have better things to do. So I'm with you. Like, you know what? Jump on the bandwagon. And now that they're the bad guys, that's good. Like embrace the hate, you know, watch it, whatever brings you in. That's okay. I like to me, the whole thing about, Oh, Hey, I was here first. Okay, that okay, loser. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's just fun to root for a team that everybody hates. Like that's the best. Like that's the yeah. like, that's like sports fandom at its core, right? Like when when nobody believes you can do it, or when when everybody doesn't want you to do it, and you do it. Like that's that's the best part of being a sports fan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's why you love James Harden.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. Like th- th- that's why I found the Rockets so like appealing at first. Like because because everybody will there is a core of of people who, who follow the NBA that just will not go ride with the Rockets at all, mm-hmm. and will root root against them at every single turn. That's why I find them so compelling, and I, that's why I find this Astros team so compelling. Like like just their summer in general was just one long drama, and I, and following it along was so tedious. And I was just waiting for the season to start because I want these guys to shut these people the hell up right like i want them to come out on top and be like so what like are you, are you going to astro's this championship too like i want them to do it again
0: yeah I, I, look a lot of people do but the one thing that i don't like about astro's fans now is look the astro's cheated okay they cheated there's no denying this well, other this, teams this was going to be my next question right yeah go ahead yeah like look the astro's cheated okay they admitted as such the report found them to be cheaters and all of that right were other teams cheating, Yes, the Boston Red Sox got caught. They cheated two years in a row, right, but they didn't win the World Series, uh, although they did in eighteen, but they didn't find many uh circumstances that said that they cheated all the way up to the World Series. There were you know like part of that report that uh, Manfred put out, the Astros were supposedly cheating in the playoffs as well so. I get it, right? Uh, Astros fans are going to be upset, but we can't whine about every little thing. Like when there's an account that pops up that is, you know, tweeting about Astros hitters or Astros batters getting hit, we don't have to whine about it. Who cares? Like let that stuff just slide. Watch the games, root for your team, and don't make every little story into an issue where you complain.
1: And if I were an Astros fan, like, I mean, if I were an Astros fan from the be- very beginning, what I would say is they didn't take the championship away. So, so who cares? Like, yeah. like it's still there. Like it, 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 who cares who, uh, if people put a mental asterisk on it? It's still, it's still hanging in the rafters. Nobody can take that away from you. And if you win another one this year, it would just be that much more gratifying because everybody hates you.
0: Like, the, yeah, but that's that to me is the best season, part. Let's be honest. Okay. If the Yankees win this, You know Astros fans are going to be like, okay, you won a 60-game championship, whatever. It's going to happen. Even if the Astros win, we're going to catch it. Like, that's part of it, you know? Um, Because we're going to do the same thing. If our rival wins, we're going to make fun of it. That's what sports is about, so I get it.
1: Right, I personally don't believe in Asterix in general but I, I think the the Astros one hits a little deep because of because of the cheating scandal and because of the whole like the trash cans and stuff it it, it mm-hmm. just it just got a little an- too animated for me so I, I can understand people who kind of look down the Astros a little bit, but at the same time if I were an astros fan i would, I would feed off this i w- i would take it to i would take it to heart I would want my team to win again and i I would still be like you know what they didn't take our championship away so it still counts
0: Absolutely. I would. I'm the same way. You know what? Just root for them. And when you because you look Cubs fans have gotten in my mentions, Yankees fans, obviously, and all that stuff. And you just argue with them and have, you know, you have fun. And if it gets too aggressive, you just block them or mute them or leave the conversation. Right. Like, that's all you can do. What else? You're not going to change their opinion.
1: Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. There are over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra one hundred free bids upon sign up, on top of their other discounts. Go to deal dash.com and use offer code red hoops or deal dash.fm slash red hoops. That's deal-dot fm slash red hoops. Alright, so let's talk about the rockets because we're fourteen minutes deep in this podcast and we have not mentioned them. <laughs> um so as long as I've known you, you've been a Daryl Morey and James Harden. I don't want to say hater, but skeptic. Like you've been skeptical. Yes. Is, is that a fair
0: characterization? Absolutely. You can say I hate James Harden because I have said this on my as well. Um, I, I, I don't like I, I don't like James Harden. There's things about there's things about him that I don't like and I can't root for him. OK, that's a better statement. I don't know the man, uh, but the stories that I've heard, I just don't like the guy. Right. And. I appreciate what he does on the basketball court. So that's my James Harden thing. With Daryl Morey, um, I don't hate him. I I just think. uh, Do you want me to just get into it or do you want to finish your question? Sorry, I cut you off. No,
1: this was the question. I want you to expand on it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's start with Daryl Morey real quickly. Okay. When Daryl Morey first got to Houston, he was uh, like, you don't understand how kind of a person he was to me. And I don't dislike him as a person. In fact, uh, Daryl has reached out to me many times and he's really cool to me. So uh, I don't want this like turn into a Daryl Morey's been mean to me or something like that. My whole thing is Daryl Morey's been here since 2007, right? And within that time frame, each season is different. I understand. But within that time frame, people or the teams in your division have won championships, right? The NBA has changed drastically since 2007. There's ebbs and flows. There's a super team era. Then there was, hey, let's just play really good defense for a bit there, and the Spurs ended up winning, and Kawhi flourishes. Um, then you got the Dallas Mavericks. They went on their run with Dirk, and you know he did it by himself, right? There was no other superstar with him. There were all stars, right? Jason Kidd was an all star. Jason Terry has been an all star before. Sean Marion was nice, but he was the guy to do it. So then there's like, okay, they did it with one star. And I know you had injuries with Yao and T-Mac, but it seems like every single time the momentum goes your way, something happens, right? And it's not like doubting Daryl Morey as a GM because he's one of the best in the, in the NBA and all of sports, frankly, because he rebuilds his team and all that, and that's fine. But if I'm an owner, I go, dude, I've had 12 years of data now, right? 13 years of data that suggests that you haven't gotten it done. Other teams have gotten it done within your timeline the Golden State Warriors, though they did it differently, I understand, right? They did—they tanked, right? They got high picks. They got lottery picks. Les didn't want that. That's fine. Um, they he, like they started a dynasty, okay? So within your time frame that you've been there, like there have been so many different things that happened, and you haven't won one. So I've seen enough. Then from the Daryl point of view is like, okay, I have so many different restrictions here. Like, hey, I can't tank to get a pick. I can't do this. Then go try it somewhere else and then make me look stupid, right? Make me look dumb that, yeah. hey, Rahil, guess what? I did it, right? When I went to a franchise that wanted to run a certain way. So that's my Daryl thing. He's one of the coolest guys. Um, he, he's awesome. He's always been great. He, he, he probably uh, thinks I'm really arrogant because the first time I met him, uh, we were at a lunch. And this was when I first started working in radio. And we're at a lunch. And this is like a lunch to introduce everyone to each other, right? So it's like Daryl and the entire staff of 1560 the game the radio station i used to be at and over there he's like yeah we're going to do a rockets media tournament like a basketball tournament and without even him fin- i go without him finishing i go yeah but we're going to win it you know me so <laughs> like <laughs> if there's one thing i can kind of do okay is play a little basketball and i knew there's no there's there's no way some fat media guys are going to slow me down and i'm 22 years old at the time okay like this is prime like physical conditioning okay, okay so what does okay.
1: that mean what does that mean what, what's prime radio like i i watched you playing basketball growing up yeah i know how good you were so you tell me what you thought I of was? yourself wow. As prime.
0: wow wow someone wow how good i was no i'm saying you tell <laughs> me how good you think you were
1: let's start there
0: um okay i i think i was very athletic for my size like i could go and you were grab fast the rim. Yeah. yeah i was fast okay um, I, I used to be able to throw down dunks, like throwing the alley to myself, never in a game because it's impossible because I, I just never could get it. Uh, but I could get up there. Um, I think I was an above average passer. And I think my defense has gotten a little bit better. But back then, I didn't play much defense. I'll be honest. I mean, you were like, no.
1: 22. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Like, I was like, I got better things to do. Like, you know, get buckets. So Right. It's <laughs> like, what? Let somebody else play defense. I let David Nuneo play defense. Okay? That was his job. Right. So uh,
1: you're at the lunch and you tell him you're going to win this tournament.
0: Yeah. And I said, look, Daryl, we're going to win this tournament. And so Granado, John Granado, my old co-host, said that I had a Kobe jersey on. I don't remember this, okay? I, I truly don't remember this. I probably did. Okay? It sounds Let's like you, yeah. Right? And he said, I wore a Kobe jersey to this lunch. And I was like, there's no way I did that. But he's it, like, he doesn't make up stuff, right? So I'm sure Daryl was already like, why is this guy wearing a Lakers jersey to a lunch to talk about the Rockets, right? Um, but, yeah, we ended up winning four in a row. F- you know, Fast forward, we ended up winning, and I won uh, Most Valuable Player – Three times I should have won it my first year as well, but because I was so new to the media scene, they didn't want to, you know, they gave it to the losing team, one of their players who had like two points in the finals. But, uh, you know, I don't hold grudges. <laughs> yeah, you clearly haven't taken that to heart. No, I, I clearly don't remember the stats from the from a Rockets three-on-three media tournament.
1: <laughs> yeah. By the way, why don't the Rockets do this anymore? This sounds like a crap load of fun. I don't know why they're not yeah. doing this anymore.
0: Yeah. Dude, it is the coolest thing. You go on their practice court. They were supposed to do it on the main floor, but I think they had like uh they had liability issues. So mm-hmm. they do it on the practice court. And so it is the, so the blacktop
1: or are you talking about the practice court?
0: No, no, the the basement court, the okay. actual practice right, court. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so you do it in there. Um it's all you know, like you got the NBA balls, um, So one year Yao Ming started watching us. Like Yao just rolled up after I guess he was doing some rehab or something, and he just like was hanging out watching us play. I one year I played against Calvin Murphy, I played against Clyde Drexler. It's it's the most fun you have, man. And then you get to play against other media members that you see all the time, and you know like you make friendships from that because when you start playing sports against uh, one another, you 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 become better friends. So I don't know why they stopped. I'm not sure. So the last year I played in was the year we lost in the finals to the Chinese media team and uh, Andy Yao. I don't. Did you ever meet Andy Yao? No, I haven't. Okay, Andy Yao is the coolest dude, man. Great guy. uh, Awesome postgame. But uh, we lost to them and then they never did it again after that.
1: Yeah, that that's strange. That sounds like a great way to get to know your media pals, mm-hmm. right? Like you're in the you're yeah. in, you're in the doghouse with them every single day. It would be nice to have some sort of event like that again. Yeah, and uh, yeah. playing on that pa- practice course just seems like a lo- load of fun. Like because that practice court is clean. Like it, it is. They keep that thing in pristine condition.
0: Dude, it's so awesome.
1: Right, like it. It just sounds like so much fun. I would love to do it if they bring that back. Yeah. Um. So so. Ever since then, you ha- you've had this skepticism because y- your perception is they haven't won anything mm-hmm. and they've had this much time to do it.
0: Yeah. It, it, well, to be fair, like I I was a Daryl Morey backer, right? And mm-hmm. it, this recently started. And it was th- it was it was really after um, when James they they brought Chris Paul over and it didn't work out. And that was fine, like, dude, well, it didn't work out. The hamstring didn't work out. Okay, okay? all right. I'm
1: glad you mentioned yeah. the hamstring because when you say it yeah. doesn't, it didn't work out. I'm like, eh, they won 65 games and they almost did it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, but it didn't work out. The ultimate goal was to win an NBA championship, not get to the NBA finals, not just say, hey, we, you know, we got there and yay. No, it was to win it, and it didn't work out, unfortunately. But and this, see, this goes back to it. Like, Daryl gets it, right? Like, hey, we're gonna try this out. But when you look at the history of Chris Paul, who I love. like I love his game. I, I love everything he does, where he stands for, all that. But he has a history. As he goes deeper in the NBA playoffs, he has issues. Same thing that happened against the Rockets when he was on the Clippers. His hamstring, guess what happened? When they got that deep, his hamstring went out. Right. He had against, hamstring against
1: issues. Against the Spurs, his hamstring. I mean, he was playing on one leg. That, that was what was so, was so impressive about that yeah. series.
0: And it was so crazy. They ended up winning that series. Yeah. And guess what? Progressively, it got worse. Like, it sucks, man. When You have an injury history. As you get deeper, you break down. And you took a gamble. And it didn't work out. And guess what happened? Your hamstring went out. Like, yeah. You know? And it's like, that's the risk you took. Uh, and it didn't work out. Then, then going into the next year... Um, you know, the Carmelo signing, you just never got right, but you kind of fix the team and the buyout market. And then Kevin Durant goes down and you just did, you know, whatever happened, Steph Curry t- uh, takes off in the second half. And they, sh- they, end they should up have won that you. series, right? They should- yeah, they should have won that series. Yeah, right? There's I think no so excuse. Too. Yeah, right. There's no excuse. And guess what happened? It didn't work out again, right? Had going back to after you lost to the Golden State Warriors the first time. In a hell of a playoff run, right? Like, that was a badass playoff run. I was invested in that team. When they came back in game six, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I didn't even hate on James Harden then. Like, I, I was just like, hey, I don't care how we got done. You got it done. And I remember texting your dad. I was like, unfortunately, this probably means Kevin McHale's back for one more year, right? <laughs> like, yeah. that was one of the downfalls of winning that getting to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, you don't win that series. Um, and then you bring in Ty Lawson, yeah. Like, and guess what? A guy again with the history. You're telling me a dude. There's a who theme just, here. Yeah. He, yeah. Like, he, like, guess what happened? He flamed out, yeah. right? And uh, it was really bad, right? It didn't work out. So it's like those kind of moves. You go, man, it doesn't make sense. And you know, if you're as good as everyone says you are, then go somewhere else. Go try it out. Go try, it, see what happens. You know. So, um, and look, I I think unfairly though, like I think Boston's doing a good job. Boston hasn't won anything right with their new core. Now they still have a lot of years in front of them. uh, And Brad Stevens is awesome. And they've drafted correctly, it looks like. But if they don't get it done, guess what? We're going to be critical of Boston as well. So, you know, that's just part of it. It's been 12 years, 13 years.
1: Yeah, so the one through line that I agree with you. Like, first of all, like I I do think Daryl Morey is as good as they say, right? Like, like that. Like, I think you are a little more skeptical of that than I am, but Mm -hmm. I, I do believe in his abilities. I think if he does go somewhere else, like, first of all, I think if he gets fired here, he's gonna be, uh, he's gonna be sought highly sought after by several teams, right? His market value is that high. But let's just the one through line that I agree with you. The one criticism that I agree with you, like that you that's fair of Daryl. He makes calculated risks. And (laughs) sometimes they can blow up in your wrist, blow up, blow up in your face. Like that's the one thing about calculated risks like that is they have a tendency to not work out. Uh, when everything else does right and that that's that's like like the thing with Chris Paul it's like it worked out every like throughout the entire season until the final moments and when you were, when you really needed him right and the Ty loss thing like that was the ultimate calculator risk like even Daryl knew it was a calculator risk cuz they mm-hmm. non-guaranteed the last year of his deal like that's unheard of he had 11 million dollars left and he made that non-guaranteed to join the Rockets because Daryl was like this could be. This could blow up in our face. It's. us protect ourselves. So I think even mm-hmm. Daryl knows that he that he takes calculated risks. I think. I think that's the fair criticism. I do think, you know, the Chris Paul thing. Like I, I almost count that year as a
0: half championship
1: because they did everything right up until that moment. That something out of his control happened for them to not win it.
0: Sure, that, and that's fine. That, and that, and the, again, look. They, if they get to the NBA Finals against LeBron, who I think we always forget this. I know the JR Smith meme is what we remember from that Finals, but LeBron was a beast in that series. And I, I guess PJ is guarding him. Uh, I, I guess Ariza is guarding him. That you know, and and that's hoping Chris Paul doesn't get hurt in the Finals either, right? Like let's say the hamstring doesn't happen. They get to the Finals. Uh, I don't think it's a lock that they win the Finals. By the way. Because they were built to beat one team. That that was built to beat the Warriors. And I get it. The Warriors are the best team, and you beat them, and they beat the Cavs. So you play uh, the deductive reasoning there, and you go the Rockets are the one. I don't think it's a lock, um, but – it would have been fun to watch. They would have been the favorites, though. I, I think that that's slight favorites. I think they would have been slight favorites.
1: Uh, that Cavs team was pretty haggardly. Like the, that that Cavs team like got to the finals, yes, I, but it, it wasn't it wasn't the strongest of LeBron's So
0: I agree, say. but LeBron also game one had fifty five points.
1: Yeah, he was and great. Was yeah,
0: unstoppable that series. I think. Look, if J R Smith doesn't make that error and they win game one, I they're probably not beating the Warriors. But man. They're giving, they're giving them a series. It's not a sweep.
1: Yeah, that that series would have been much more competitive. Right. Like, I think, obviously, I think they, it's
0: not a sweep. They win one game at least, but man, yeah. it would have been fun to watch the Rockets and Cavs.
1: Yeah, i I think it would have been a I think it would have been a good series. I think ultimately, mm-hmm. if you were to go back in time, I think the predictions would have been pretty heavily heavily favored, like in favor Fair. of the Rockets. Um, Absolutely. So, because I haven't talked to you this year, how did you feel about the Westbrook trade?
0: I loved it. I love it. I, I love, I, I, you know, I think, you know, this. like, I watched Oklahoma city games just to watch Westbrook Yeah. after Durant left. Uh, I, you know, people, it became a James Harden versus Westbrook thing, right? Uh, the triple doubles against the incredible stats that James Harden was putting up and, you know, Westbrook only won 41 games that year, like with us, with a squad that was really bad that, I mean, it's it was unheard of that they even made the uh, the playoffs, and he uh, single handedly willed them there. They you had Stephen Adams,
1: Stephen Adams, and Victor Oladipo. Uh, Granted, yeah. this is Victor Oladipo before Indiana, right? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I th- I think I think that team, if, if if Westbrook takes a little bit more of a back seat, I think some of the supporting cast flourishes a little bit more. I, th- I think I think Westbrook has to take some responsibility there.
0: So what do you mean, like less shots?
1: Yes, yes. So basically, less okay. usage.
0: Because Oladipo, that you're watching those games, he, he's not the Oladipo, like you said, that we know, you know, know him now, right? And maybe he takes that step if he gets more shots. But uh, I, I don't have a computer in front of me. You could look it up. If I recall right, I think Oladipo averaged like 13 to 14 points a game. And he was taking double-digit shots. And it's just he wasn't that good of a shooter, frankly. Uh, if I recall correctly, you can correct me. Um, but that team, like, it wasn't that good. Okay, he got him to 41 games, 41 wins, averaged a triple double and all that stuff. It was just fun to watch a guy go on a big FU tour. And that's what he did. Like, it was so much fun to watch. And I just like his tenacity. I think he has obvious flaws in his game. Right. And I think he'll be the first to admit it. But what he brings to the table every single night, just relentless on offense. And I think his defense can get a lot better as well. Um, I just love it. And when when they traded for him. I I loved it. I love the move because I think it it could work, right? Like it's the same thing with Chris Paul. He's not as good of a uh, shooter as Chris Paul is, but he brings a mid-range game and an attack to the hoop off the ball that James doesn't have, right? And now you've got two weapons out there and you just hope that guys around you can hit some shots. And and Daryl's done a good job of finding some of those guys that can hopefully hit some of these shots. So I I love the move. Like you just got way more athletic and I'll take my chances with two superstars and whatever's around you.
1: Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return to sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So. I, I understood why they made the trade in the sense that, yes, he does add, add an athletic component and a fast break component that they just didn't have before. Like, that, that didn't yeah. exist. They were playing slow. They were playing at a measured pace with Chris Paul. And Westbrook adds some chaos that I think a lot of people say they might have needed, right? They they needed to spruce some things up. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. Uh, he also adds to their timeline. Like, let's, like Chris Paul was... I mean, he's he's having a fantastic year right now, but I at age thirty five, you can only you can only have so many good years left. So I think yeah. w- Westbrook adds to that timeline a little bit. At the same time, I if it were me, if it were me, I don't think I would have made the trade because I think Chris Paul just gives you just in the first two years, right? Like this year and next year, I think Chris Paul gives you a higher ceiling with with James Harden than Westbrook does.
0: I'm with that. I'm with that. I agree. Chris Paul had a bad year his final year with the Rockets. He didn't look right. He couldn't get by anybody. Uh, and he looks different. Like it looks like he worked on a lot of things in the offseason. And when you're traded, you know, when you traded from a team, you want to prove people wrong. So there is that element. Um, but I think on the personal level uh, there there were some issues with Harden and Chris Paul.
1: Yeah. And
0: that 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 is a big deal. Look, James has always had it his way or the highway here. Right. Like how many coups have there been? Right. Kevin McHale's gone. Right. Uh, Dwight's gone. Uh, Parsons is gone. So there's there's always going to be little things with James. But heck, if you're the franchise, you're the best player. Right. You regard you regard him as a top seven guy, top five guy, top three guy, whatever Uh, the the franchise has made it clear that he's the guy and it's going to be his way. The star always wins in the NBA. So. I think there was more to that Chris Paul trade than just the, the basketball.
1: Yeah, and a lot of that happened so quickly. Like even the media was kind of stunned by how quickly yeah. their relationship fell apart. Like like I, I was in the locker room every day. Like it, it seemed like they were fine up until that final game. And Chris Paul did the final press conference by himself. And Mm -hmm. I I guess in hindsight, that should have been a little bit of a red flag. But in the moment, it wasn't like because Chris Paul had that blow up with the media the day before where nobody asked him a question. Right. So it was just Mm -hmm. assumed that, oh, he's going up there by himself so he can get all the questions. But it was there was definitely more to it. There there was a confrontation there. There was some sort of altercation in the locker room, a verbal altercation of some sort that we didn't hear about until the season was well
0: gone. Yep. Yep. Agreed. And you remember the first year. Like after games, they were so friendly and just even on the court, like watching them. Chris Paul demands a lot out of players that that's who he is. Right. Yeah. Uh, He's going to be verbal. He's going to get in your face. He doesn't care if you're James Harden or if you're Austin Rivers. It doesn't matter. He's going to tell you like, hey, dude, you missed that switch or you missed that assignment or whatever it is. And he's not going to be shy about it. Some people don't like that management style. Some people don't like it, especially if you are the alpha. Right. And I could see why it didn't work out. Um, Westbrook is different. Westbrook is—he's he, a lot like James, in my opinion. Where it, you know he's like, hey, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play basketball. I'm gonna do it. Um, don't get in my face in certain ways, right? Like you don't see PJ getting in Westbrook's face. And Westbrook, as much as I love him, he has defensive flaws as well. Yeah, like he's not a good team defender as as uh, as much as uh, other stars are, right? So. Um, you don't see that. You don't see people getting in his face, right? Because I think there's, they understand like, hey, here's how certain people like to get managed, and here's how they like to be communicated with. And James probably just got over, it. you know, like it gets old after a while. Uh Being a guy who yells at people on the court, it gets old, right? Like I know, I know people I play with, like, hey, you know, I don't like it when you yell at me. You're know, like, well, I expect more of you, right? And Chris Paul does that. Like you can see him doing that now with the Thunder. So. That's why I think that relationship kind of just got old.
1: Yeah, and I I could see how Chris Paul could be a little grating after a few years. Like mm-hmm. it, it that definitely happened in LA. Like that, that was yeah. the, that was definitely a factor with uh, the deterioration with those relationships in LA with DeAndre and Blake. I, that that was definitely a factor that that I think led to the demise of that Clippers team, which I thought was a good enough team to win the NBA championship. Like I I'll defend that Clippers team till I die. Like that Clippers team was awesome. It just there is a personal dynamic behind the scenes that I think uh, led to th- their breakup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, when uh, Josh Smith kills you for what he did in that run in game six. It's and you like, sign oh, him the next year. <laughs> yeah, and then he, he does not pan out. You're like, man, this does not work out. I think it's time to call it quits. Like, I get that as well. Uh, but, you know, the dynamic between Westbrook and Harden um, – unfortunately like the the defense between both guys and I get it like James Harden's not a great on-ball defender and I know in the post he's great he's the greatest defender we've ever seen for five possessions a game it's awesome Salman I get it you don't have to bring up the stats for me <laughs> um, my biggest flaw with James and even Russell is they never just make that extra effort on defense sometimes you know, it's like, okay, a guy got by me. All right, you know what? We're gonna get the ball back. And I think that starts from the top, man. It does start with look, our whole game plan is we're gonna catch you offensively, and that's fine. Well, you're, it works. You're, yeah,
1: you're making me out to be some sort of James Harden apologist. I'm not I'm not out here like posting <laughs> these post statistics. All right. That, that those are other people, all right? Like I like I, I, I fully that's, understand the warts he has on defense.
0: No, that's my favorite thing when you know and this started with the Rockets, right? And look this I didn't even get to this whole the book report that they put out after it uh, was a game seven the fouls and we should have won this game and it should have resulted in this many points. And it's like you, dude, you went over twenty seven during a stretch. I'm sorry, like that's not the referee's fault. I went back and watched those; those were wide open threes. You missed them. Sometimes that happens. Like you missed them, man. Like it, it was a historic, uh, it was a historic shooting slump and they were in that game they could have won that game seven without chris paul they could have won it they, they if they hit four of those three pointers it's probably a different game so the book report then that comes out and you're like man it, like every single time the rockets try to spin it right and one of the things that they started to do is the james harden post defense it's the greatest post defender right it starts with the top the those stats get leaked and brought up and it gets put on the broadcast and then all of a sudden you know there's rockets diehards on twitter that will run with that you know media and fans and it's like okay but do you guys understand like being the greatest post defender of all time in an era when there's no post basketball and james is in the post for like maybe five possessions that's really not a good thing
1: Well, I think with with the way the Rockets play now, with the small ball element and teams trying to post them up, I think it Mm -hmm. potentially could be more valuable because you see this every game now. Like teams try to post up Harden and Westbrook because Mm -hmm. they're just small. Like you're going to post up the smaller guy. That's just a natural basketball thing to do. Um, And you see it. And and five possessions a game. Like you say that kind of dismissingly. That's that's a lot of possessions. Like like I not
0: with the Rockets though, and not with most of the NBA now. When you're pushing tempo. Right. It, it, it's it, there. It happens. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's good to get those five stops or it's good to get, you know, three out of five stops. Absolutely. But it's not it's not helping me understand why that makes James a better defender. Oh, no. In that, an that, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that This is just my gripe about that stat that mm-hmm. uh that became so popular about a year ago.
1: Right. So w- what about the Clint Capello for Robert Covington trade? Like, how do you feel about Houston leaning into microball?
0: i love it like hey we're going all in on this it didn't work out capella was rendered useless unfortunately in certain matchups right he's a he's a great guy to have in an era where you are running nonstop pick and rolls that result in interior baskets that's not what the rockets want to do like off the pick and roll they, they want they want shots on the outside right um so he was he was deemed useless in a system that doesn't need him. And I understand that, especially with Westbrook. You have a guy who's one of the best drivers in the game, and now you have another guy down there clogging it up and his defender's closer uh, to stop Russell. Like, I understand that, man. And then, look, Covington is uh, is a guy, and I'm biased here, right? Like, I spent a day with him, uh, watching him train, working out at uh, with one of my friends, Jay Sataria, at his place. And... The way like he his work ethic is second to none. He understands what's at stake here. He has the tools to really open up this offense, right? When he's hitting his shot, we saw this yesterday against Memphis. You know, he, he immediately he hits that uh, right arc three, and the defense has to react to that, and that opens up the floor for anybody else to drive. And uh, I love it, man. you gotta space it out. You gotta space it out. You have two elite drivers. Uh, when Austin Rivers is back, he's a really good driver. Um, you need space, and Covington provides that. And I think the one thing with Covington that's going to be important here is the defense. Um, you're going to give up buckets, but can you switch and get some perimeter stops? And I think he has the lateral quickness to do it, and this could work out for them.
1: Yeah, and Covington in particular, like like he's like... Like going back to Trevor Reza, like he was like a B plus B minus and what the Rockets were asking him to do for him. Mm-hmm. Covington's like an A minus. Like that guy's just a monster defensively. Yeah. He he the length he has on the perimeter, the, the the amount of like possessions that he forces to go the other way, like the ball will go one way on the perimeter and they see Covington in the lane. It'll go it'll rotate back the other way. You see this every single game. You'll see the ball rotate back around the other way every single game. Um and it's unheard of for, for the Rockets in terms of the perimeter defenders. The the only other guy to do that is like P.J. Tucker. Uh So it's really helpful to have them out there for that. Have you
0: watched any of the scrimmages, by the way? Oh, yeah. I watched all of them, man. Dude, you know I'm jonesing for hoops, man. I was uh, I've been watching as much as I can. I watched the Rockets, obviously, but I've been trying to watch the other teams as well and just kind of see how they're looking, you know, conditioning-wise and what you know what are they going to change up and and look with the Rockets yesterday Memphis in the third quarter they they went on the run they took the lead and I think the Rockets are going to have issues with younger teams but I don't think the playoff bracket is going to break down where they're going to face younger teams like Memphis is a Memphis is a scary team because they got athletic guys that can do everything right like John, John Morant's not he'll take two threes a game I believe, and. He's okay as a shooter, but Brooks is a really good shooter. I think uh, Anderson's a good shooter. Um, they've got good uh, good big guys inside. They just didn't match up that well against them in that third quarter, Like, and that's going to happen. The Rockets aren't as young of a team, so you're going to lose some matches. But what decided the game against uh, Memphis yesterday was the Rockets hit their shots under five minutes. That was it. Like Stops are great, but when you hit two three-pointers, then you get another bucket, it's an eight-point lead. Like that's it. You when you hit your shots. It's that's it. You know. So uh, it comes down to it. like you and I can talk about defense all day long. I can be a stickler about it and all that stuff. If they get a stop and hit two threes, that's that under five minutes. That's that's it right there.
1: So we started this podcast talking about how you were a rocket skeptic for the past four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, l- let me tell you why I'm a rocket skeptic this year. Okay, tell me. So in general, one of the benefits to playing small ball is like you're much better playing in transition, especially defensively, because you don't have you're not lugging around a seven footer, right? Yeah. So like the teams that have found the most success with small ball, particularly the Warriors, like were really good transition defense teams. But the Rockets, and I wrote I wrote about this after their first scrimmage, aren't getting that benefit. Like during the season, they were a bottom ten transition defense. Like Robert Covington and PJ Tucker are both good defenders. But when I watch them, I can't help but feeling like they need one more good perimeter defender to make this work at an elite level. Like their offense is gonna be good because they have Harden, Westbrook, and a floor space. But for this to work, like they need good perimeters defenders everywhere. And I feel like they have two or three depending on how Daniel House is defending on a given night, but to become like a top 10 defense in the playoffs, which they're going to need to be to beat some of these LA teams or the Bucks, like I think they need at least one more guy to step up for them defensively. Maybe that's Daniel House, maybe that's Eric Gordon, maybe that's Austin Rivers, maybe that's Luke Mbamute who they just signed. I don't know, but it has to come from somewhere else. Right now, I just look at them defensively and I'm like, this is not good enough.
0: I'm with you, and and like they started right the whole scrim or not the scrimmage but the uh, entire quarantine the bubble experience with the first media availability. P.J. Tucker spent a lot of time sending out a really loud message to certain players on the team about communication on defense, and they have so many issues communicating even in a bubble. Like yesterday, there were uh, there were a handful of moments in the second qu- or excuse me third quarter again where in transition, Memphis is coming down. um, I forgot who had the ball. I think it was Brooks who had the ball. And PJ's telling, uh, I think it was House or Jeff Green, I forget. He's telling one guy to switch over, and he's like, I thought you were going to get him. It's like wide open layups. And you go, again, this cannot be happening. There's no excuse now. There's no crowd noise or nothing. It's just listen to your teammates, trust your teammates, and step up and play and make the effort because – you're right. Covington and PJ Tucker can't do it all on their own because of that of the switches that they'll see, of the matchups that they're going to run into uh, with the restart and in the playoffs. Guys are going to have to be smart about this, and you're going to have to send switches at the right time. You're going to have to send double teams at the right time, um, and, and be sharp about it because that's it. There's no more. You're not adding a third guy, another defender, and you know with Eric Gordon. I remember him being a really good defender when he first got here. And it's like, now he's not as much his Like he just doesn't look the same laterally. He's not shooting the ball, which hurts, um, as great either, but man, he used to be a really good defender and at least put an effort out there.
1: He shut down Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Like he was a beast and that it's just not there. And look, he's, he's older. He's two years older as well. So I get that. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that criticism. I think their defense, look, Westbrook and Harden, they're not good team defenders. I love Westbrook, he's not like he has issues as well. And when you put two guys out there, that's that's you know that's your starting lineup, right? Yeah. Uh, you can't counter that with two good defenders. Like you need everyone to be on board and 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 make the right plays and be right on defense. And you know the Rockets, they'll they'll counter with that's fine. You know what? Get stops under three minutes, under five minutes, when it matters. Get those stops. You can Whatever happens the rest of the game, hey, we're at this point now. Just get the stops when it matters. And if they can do that, you're right. Offensively, they're as good as anybody. So can they get those big stops?
1: Yeah, and having two bad defenders out there, like that's like the watermark, right? Like that's what you—that's yeah. the bare minimum. Like you can't go beyond that. You, you you need the other three guys to step up and be like really good defensively to make up for that, right? And mm-hmm. going back to Eric Gordon, like Mike D'Antoni's been pretty adamant. Like Eric Gordon's going to start. Like that—that's done. Like, like yeah, fans getting angry about that on Twitter. Like that's not going to change his mind. He's already made up his mind. Eric Gordon's going to be the starting small forward for this team. So if 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 he's going to make up for that, he has to be much better, especially in transition defensively. Like he needs to run his back as, mm-hmm. as as soon as the as soon as the shot hits the rim. And you're just not seeing that right now. And and if if it's not going to work for him as a starter, like I, I guess Daniel House comes in and, and does that, but again, this is a guy in the playoffs who was not good for you last year in the playoffs, Daniel House,
0: right? This, yeah, he never got going either. Just yeah. You know, and and that's Dan Tony the other criticism with Dan Tony is are you gonna Are you gonna let him play and fail in the playoffs? Like it's okay if he misses a shot. It's okay if he misses an assignment. You know what? Everyone else on your team is doing it. Let him learn. It's okay. You don't have to just yank him. Uh, that 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 ruins a kid's confidence. And uh, you know, I was hoping to see more of Daniel House last year, but it didn't happen. And it, you know, it's like he missed he missed one shot and he literally blew one assignment and that was it for him. And yeah. It's like, well, dude. You know, it's like, come on.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and again, it, that's easier said than done. That's a really hard trait to have. Like that's that's what made Greg Popovich yeah. so good over the past twenty yeah. years, right? Like he he made he let young players make mistakes and kept them in the game, right? And and throughout the yeah. year, the the Spurs would rest so many of their veteran guys that they would have to play heavy minutes, like these young guys, mm-hmm. and they would get used to these moments. And when it came when playoff time came around, like Greg Popovich felt comfortable bringing in these guys to play these minutes and. Mike D'Antoni doesn't do that. Rest days don't exist in Houston, right? Like, nope. like, like that. That's something that if you're, if you're a young guy on this team, you have to play when you're when you're called upon. You have to step up and play well when you're called upon. And when you when you don't, like you you get you get the rug yanked out from under you, right?
0: Yeah, I think the best the best quote I've seen regarding this was Gilbert Arenas. He had this quote on Twitter. I don't know if you remember seeing this, but he said, uh, "You know what's scarier than a pit bull that's chained." An unchained pit bull, right? Yeah. Like that's the best quote. right you, you want your players to not feel like they have a leash on them, right? Like you make a mistake, guess what? You're going back inside, right? If you're a dog, like no, go like be a scary dog, be that guy, and don't worry about it. You don't have a leash on you. Don't worry about it. You, you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna you're gonna blow some assignments, but you're good. You don't have a leash on you. Uh, play your game. That's that's the whole point. Like basketball, for the most point, man, is you're gonna make mistakes. Right. There's no perfect games in basketball. There's perfect games in baseball. That's it. You're going to make mistakes. But if a coach can hang tight and allow that player to learn from those mistakes, it's going to add to his bench. It's going to add to his team because now you're a deep team. Um, so you're right. Like Popovich is the best example. Right. Kyle Anderson. What? And now he's <laughs> he's getting major minutes for Memphis. It's because he had the chance to one play in a system. And play under a coaching staff that is like, cool, you can make mistakes and get better. It's not a big deal.
1: Yeah. Um, you had me a little worried there when you were about to quote Gilbert because that guy has been saying a lot of problematic <laughs> stuff over the past year. No,
0: no, no. no, no. Basketball only. <laughs> okay. All right. Um,
1: do you have anything to plug? And where can we follow you on Twitter?
0: Yeah, you can, uh, follow me on Twitter at the underscore Raheel. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, at Raheel doing things. My meme game is uh, pretty tight. So if you want to like, if you want some Houston memes, I got you. Uh, and then you can listen to my podcast. It's just the Raheel show on Apple. If you search my name, R A H E E L pretty much anywhere, I'll be the only one that comes up. There is a conservative, uh, author out there. She, uh, she comes up now a little bit more but uh I think I've taken uh over her I've I've overtaken her title so I think I'm the most popular Raheel on all platforms. So you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. There's a conservative. I mean, author. I believe you. I believe yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: well, listen, everybody listen to this podcast, <laughs> give give Rahul 5 stars so we can pass up that conservative <laughs> author on iTunes. Make sure <laughs> to follow him on Twitter. Uh yeah, it, Tweet them any meme you find throughout the season. And yeah, guys, uh, thank you so much for doing this, Rayo.
0: Yeah, what's your hold on. What's your prediction? Yeah, have you already teased it on your podcast? Who's winning it?
1: The Clippers. Yeah.
0: Ooh, I like I, it.
1: I love this Clippers team. Like, I, Me I, too. I, every time I watch them, I fall more in love with them. Their rosters, they have Jamichael Green as like their ninth or tenth guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, that team is deep. Um, But yeah, I'm going I'm to let you go. It sounds like you got a lot going right. around in the background there. Thank you so much for doing this.
0: All right, thank you, man. I'll talk to you later. For sure.
1: All right, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Give us five stars because it helps other people find the show. All right, guys, good night.